0: Again, friends, welcome to Bible Stories for Snarky People. I'm Josh.
1: And I'm Sarah. And this is Season 2, Episode 8.
0: We left off last time with Isaac having been born, the long-awaited, precious child who is supposed to assure the continuation of Abraham and Sarah's family.
1: Did you say supposed to? Yeah. It's a happy ending, right? Everything's gonna be okay, at least for a couple decades. Oh,
0: if only... The Book of Genesis, Chapter 22 After these things, God tested Abraham.
1: Oh no! A pop quiz!
0: He said to him, Abraham! And he said, Here I am.
1: Mark me present for class, but I can't take the quiz. I forgot my number two pencil.
0: The Hebrew word for here I am is hineni, which literally means, Behold me!
1: That's a nice self-confident way to announce yourself, plus just fun to say.
0: He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love.
1: This is a foreboding amount of emphasis.
0: And go to the land of Moriah.
1: Moriah Carey?
0: No one is allowed to escape that one Christmas song, not even in an episode of this show that has literally nothing to do with Christmas.
1: Okay, okay, that's enough. All I want for Christmas ...is for that song to go away.
0: And go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you.
1: Wait, offer him as a burnt offering? Isaac? Mm,
0: Yes, that's just what it says.
1: I lost the thread of our sentence as the jokes piled up. This is not acceptable. Human sacrifice is bad.
0: So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey... And took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac.
1: Wait, Abraham's just going along without question?
0: Yeah, I seem to remember Abraham asking all sorts of questions when God suggested he could become a father in his old age.
1: And he had no problem negotiating with God for the fate of the residents of Sodom and Gomorrah.
0: But now Abraham almost seems expressionless.
1: I've noticed that the Bible talks much less about characters' emotions than most modern stories do, but this passage has even less emotion than usual.
0: He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away.
1: They're going really far from home. Does Sarah know where they're going? she
0: must be pretty used to abraham building altars in various places
1: but days away
0: then abraham said to his young men stay here with the donkey the boy and i will go over there we will worship and then we will come back to you
1: we will come back Hmm. so maybe abraham is going to negotiate with god after all
0: he doesn't seem to be showing any sign of it yet
1: I suppose he could also just be lying to them, or in denial.
0: Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac.
1: Wait, I think that's the reverse of how you're supposed to burn things.
0: No, silly, he's making Isaac carry the bundle of wood up the mountain.
1: Oh, that makes more (laughs) sense.
0: And he himself carried the fire and the knife.
1: Carried the fire? How do you carry fire?
0: Well, drop yourself back in time. No lighters, not even matches. How do you make fire?
1: I was never in the Girl Scouts, but I have a vague memory of rubbing two sticks together at camp.
0: Is he literally lighting a fire now to carry it all the way up the mountain?
1: That fire will need fuel the whole time. Why not just wait until they get there?
0: So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father Abraham, Father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Hineni! Behold
1: me! In all my fabulousness!
0: He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering?
1: Perceptive kid! Wait, how old is Isaac at this point?
0: I have no idea. but Nor does anybody else. The text doesn't say, except that Abraham refers to him as the boy.
1: That could mean anything. Yeah. Well, he's old enough to talk. And he's old enough to put together that something's missing here.
0: Which any five-year-old could do.
1: He's also carrying all that wood, though.
0: Mm. I think he
1: must be at least nine or ten. That
0: seems reasonable. Or maybe older. A little math gives us the highest possible number. The next chapter will start with Sarah at age 127. If she gave birth to Isaac at 90...
1: Then Isaac would be... Uh... Thirty-seven! Yeah. That doesn't tell us how old he is right now.
0: But he could be nearly that old.
1: So, minimum age nine, maximum age thirty-seven. Huh. That's a fairly wide range.
0: Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together.
1: I'd be a bit skeptical if I were Isaac. Isaac. Walk all this way, then get there, and there's nothing to actually sacrifice?
0: When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood.
1: Wait, how did Isaac react? Did he understand what was going on?
0: Yeah, again, that lack of emotion in the narrative is really stark.
1: And yet... The narrator slows down here. It emphasizes the importance of what's going on. Hmm. Before it was just, we traveled three days to this mountain with these people. Now it's, he built the altar and laid the wood and found Isaac and laid him on top.
0: Step-by-step instructions for how to do away with the child of promise.
1: Why is this happening again?
0: Well, the very first sentence of the chapter tells us the purpose. God tested Abraham.
1: You know what? I prefer pop quizzes. Mm, I want God to ask Abraham to name all the tribes of Canaan and their king and all of Egypt's imports and exports.
0: I hear there are many fine harbors in Egypt.
1: And you only get an A if you can name 90% of them. Hmm. Hmm. Have we gone off on a tangent?
0: Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son.
1: Oh, right. We were at the climax.
0: But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here I am.
1: Behold, me, about to murder my child.
0: He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me.
1: Again with that emphasis, your son, your only son. But hey, test over, you passed. I think. This is a confusing quiz. Designed to prove that Abraham fears God?
0: The fear of God in the Bible doesn't mean abject terror, more like appropriately deep respect and awe. But I still find this terrifying.
1: And I'm still trying to imagine Isaac's reaction to all of this.
0: And Abraham looked up and saw a ram (laughs) caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son.
1: Oh, so the Lord did provide an animal after all.
0: So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said,
1: By myself
0: I have sworn, says the Lord, Because you have done this, and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will indeed bless you, and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore.
1: Ugh! I thought we were done with covenants!
0: And your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies.
1: What does that even mean? And
0: by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves, because you have obeyed my voice.
1: Uh, everyone on earth? I thought it was just going to be Abraham's descendants.
0: Well, then you've forgotten one of the finer points of the original covenant God made with Abraham back in chapter 12. Look back at that.
1: Um... I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Genesis twelve three
0: all. So God's deal with Abraham isn't just for the benefit of the Israelites. It's for everyone.
1: But how?
0: Well, we're not told at this point, but this makes a good bookend. The father passes the torch to his son so the story can continue.
1: Is Isaac going to carry the fire on the way back down?
0: Uh, Metaphorically, at least.
1: There's a sort of story symmetry between this and chapter 12 in other ways, too. Chapter 12 was all about Abraham leaving the family he had. In chapter 22, he's ready to sacrifice the family he had gained. The phrasing even has a similar rhythm. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you.
0: Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, on one of the mountains that I will show you.
1: It all feels very poetic.
0: That rhythm may also provide us with some of the emotion the story is lacking otherwise. What did Abraham leave behind? His country, his kindred, his father's house. That's a lot.
1: And what was he willing to sacrifice? His son, his only son, Isaac, whom he loved, who was so hard to come by.
0: But it turns out that God only wants Abraham's devotion, not his heartbreak.
1: So now he is free to return home and tell Sarah he almost murdered their son. Hmm.
0: So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba.
1: In case you forgot, that's where they were living at the end of the last chapter.
0: I notice that Sarah isn't mentioned at all, though. Do you think he ever told her?
1: I don't know which is worse for their marriage, telling her after the fact or never telling her at all.
0: Now after these things, it was told Abraham, Milcah also has born children to your brother Nahor, Uz the firstborn, Buzz his brother.
1: Two brothers named Uz and Buzz? They sound like the names of fictional middle school bullies.
0: <laughs> Kemuel the father of Aram, Chesed, Hazo, Pildash, Jidlaf, and Bethuel. Bethuel became the father of Rebekah.
1: Finally, a girl gets named. I wonder if that means she'll be important.
0: These eight Milcah bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. Moreover, his concubine, whose name was Reuma, bore Teba, Gaham, Tahash, and Ma'aka.
1: Abraham's got a lot of nephews, and presumably a lot more unnamed nieces as well.
0: And that's the end of chapter 22.
1: Okay, so why was this all necessary?
0: Hmm. A lot of people read this chapter and ask, why on earth would God do this? Why would God string Abraham along with this horrible demand, instruct him to traumatize his son, and then say, just kidding, what kind of power trip is this deity on?
1: Strong phrasing, but fair points.
0: In his book, The Bible Tells Me So, Pete Enns writes that the question, why would God do this?, is just about the worst question you can ask the Bible. I mean, you can ask it if you want, but it assumes all sorts of things. First, it assumes that everything that happens in the Bible is something God wants.
1: I think this chapter is fairly clear that God's behind it.
0: But remember, too, that no matter how divinely inspired we might believe the Bible's books to be, they were all written by humans. All the writers had an audience and a purpose, and all the writers brought their own understanding of God's nature to their writing.
1: So, you think the writer was trying to make a point with this story?
0: Well, even when we use the word writer, we have to recognize that the story was passed down for centuries before it was ever written in its received form. It's part of that big scrapbook, a story of God demanding the ultimate commitment from Abraham, the founder of Judaism.
1: In the ancient world, human sacrifice was a regular part of religious practices in many tribes. Yeah. If you really trusted in your deity, you wouldn't sacrifice rotting fruit, spoiled meat, or even a live creature with any sort of physical defect.
0: Yeah, that would be disrespectful. And All of this is in the Jewish laws of sacrifice. You don't give God anything less than your best.
1: And then when it came to human sacrifice, a given tribe might sacrifice prisoners of war, but to show real dedication, what could be a bigger sacrifice than your own child?
0: And not just any child. Not the last born.
1: The ultimate sacrifice is your firstborn male, your heir. And in this case... Abraham's only child, his beloved, upon whom the whole future of his family depends.
0: So the story lays out the ultimate stakes and sets Abraham up to be the most faithful religious founder you can imagine. He's not holding anything back from God, and he doesn't even question God at this point. But then God says no
1: other tribes sacrificed their children. It's how they prayed for end to a drought or victory over their invading enemies.
0: But the Israelites will not do this. This story tells us it's not what God actually wants. And without this story, other tribes could accuse the Israelites of being less devoted to their God.
1: So you're saying that The Israelites are making the point that they absolutely have the dedication to do human sacrifice, Mm -hmm. but their God doesn't want that.
0: Exactly. Judaism begins with Abraham's circumcision. Then we come to stories that begin to outline how Judaism will and won't be practiced.
1: A few minutes ago, we were wondering how the Israelites could bless all the other people of the world. Maybe their purpose is to teach everyone else what the one true God is really like. That would make this a pretty crucial moment.
0: There's a danger, though, that we can put all the emphasis on God setting Abraham and Isaac up in what seems to us to be an abusive way.
1: Does God give us tests? Pop quizzes? Demand dedication just to see if we'll do it?
0: That might make us really uneasy, and rightfully so. But we have to remember that this is a storybook, not just a history book. The purpose of the story is way more important than whether it literally happened.
1: So maybe God does test us or maybe not.
0: I only know that if I see you going through a struggle in your life, I have no right to say God is testing you. That's a cruel thing to suggest and it's not my judgment call
1: but it could be mine. Right. If I come through a hard time and grow from it. I might come to believe that God was testing me.
0: And even if you fail such a test, that doesn't mean God is not there for you.
1: As it is, schools have warped our understanding of what tests are for. <laughs> They're supposed to be assessments of how much you've learned so far. They don't judge your worth as a person.
0: So you might pass a test or you might fail. But you can also learn from every failure. Even the times when you didn't show any dedication at all.
1: You can get up and try again.
0: And God will be there for you in every situation, every day, no matter what
1: hope you've enjoyed this episode and our season so far. This episode is coming out right before Christmas time.
0: And we have a Christmas present for all of you. Check your podcast for an extra download this week.
1: We'll see you again in the new year when the Genesis saga makes a major shift. Bye!